I've got Diana Caprices with me from Diana Caprices Consulting. How hello, are you doing, hello. Diana? You good? I'm great. I'm fabulous. Well, I'm excited to chat with you. This is going to be, I think, like a really unique, fascinating discussion because you have your pulse on all things wealth tech and also like how wealth tech companies are powering advisory firm growth right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's dig in. You are still fresh into your entrepreneurial journey. So how long has it been since you launched? It's been about five months, almost six, which is hard to believe. a year. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember we were talking about this like before you launched and now you're like six months in. I know. That's so cool. I know. I'm still pinching myself some days. Is this happening? Am I here? It is happening. Yeah. It's happening big time. (laughs) So uh, before we get into the first question, What's your website? Where can people find you? www.dianacabrices.com. And that's D-I-A-N-A-C-A-B, like a taxi cab, R-I-C-E, like some delicious rice and an S at the end. That is the like incredible <laughs> way to spell out your name. <laughs> two, thi- two things that have absolutely no relation, but they fit. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so you are a fractional chief evangelist for wealth tech firms. Mm-hmm. I want to get into what that means and why there's a need for well tech firms to have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, so Let, let's break in. it down. Dig yeah. The, the fractional chief evangelist is a loaded term. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll start with the chief evangelist piece of it. So okay. an evangelist is a vocalizer. It's an ambassador. It's someone who loves telling your story and they do it in a variety of ways. Some evangelists are really good writers and they love long form blog content. And some evangelists are really good speakers and they'd rather go on stage and tell your story. And that's where they feel most comfortable. Some are both. I would say for me personally, I'm, I have more of a speaker edge. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like to communicate. I like to talk. I like to vocalize. And so the reason I brought this into the industry fractionally, which means part-time outsourced. So not one company, but two, three, four companies at a time I can evangelize is because the the chief evangelists in many cases can be easily a six-figure role and similar mm-hmm. to a chief marketing officer, a chief financial officer, not every company, especially a startup, can afford to bring that in-house mm-hmm. full-time. Yeah. So I knew, okay, I've had a lot of tech CEOs over the years ask me if I could help them. I think I could serve this up fractionally. And so far, it's been great. Yeah. And it's been well received. The market is like bearing out your thesis is correct. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So take break it down. You're working with, I know of two. So you, you have Wealthbox CRM and Wealth Tender that yep. you're working with. Yep. So break down for me how you're helping each of those two right now. Just get their message out more effectively. Sure. So with Wealthbox, we're very focused on the branding aspect. Um, you know, humanizing the brand, adding more face and voice and personality. They have so much great content. Um, and, and we really just want to be able to come in and take that content and bring it to life in a bit, in a bit of a way. Um, and so what does that look like? Customer testimonials, um, you know, grabbing those stories from directly from Wealthbox customers, bringing that to life and telling that story. It's also webinars. It's going to conferences. So there's a big content focus with Wealthbox. 
Now, with Wealth Tender, very similar, yet they're in different stages of business. And Wealth Tender is very focused on awareness right now. So we want everyone to know what Wealth Tender is. Whereas with Wealth Box, a lot of people know what Wealth Box is. They're a very they're the fastest growing CRM in the space. Wealth Tender is still up and coming. So a lot of that is going to be social media presence and hosting webinars that are very educational. The nature of the product itself is is a lot more, um, you know, involved in the world of compliance. So there's a lot of educating that needs to be done. We're here at this conference together. So some conferencing, although, again, for most startups, that gets really expensive. <laughs> it does. It gets expensive fast. It does. I know this from my own research for my own company. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Uh, so what type of wealth tech firm benefits most greatly from adding a chief evangelist? Is it somebody who maybe has like a CEO who just doesn't want to be out in the media and maybe they don't have a strong spokesperson or do you feel like you, you know, compliment those companies? Well, you can probably work in either situation, but where do you feel like is the company who is going to be like that perfect fit for having that chief evangelist? How, how do they know they really need one? Well, in my opinion, in my humble yet very strong opinion, <laughs> I think every company needs somebody evangelizing. Solid answer. Whether yeah. you have the CEO doing it, whether it's the CMO, whether it's somebody in sales, mm -hmm. it needs to be an active, intentional function of the business. What becomes difficult is when you're operating teams or you're running teams and mm -hmm. you're really deep in the trenches in the operational side of the business. It, it gets pretty hard to be able to mm -hmm. do both without feeling burnout really, really quickly. Yeah. Trust me, yeah. I know this as yeah. well. So, <laughs> um, so I would say if you are starting out and you have a CEO who isn't really the best vocalist or you know, they're focused maybe more on product and they need somebody with a strong marketing presence, mm -hmm. then your evangelist is going to be great even if you're a one-person, two-person shop. But maybe yeah. as you grow and expand and add teams and formalize mm -hmm. and operationalize your business more, you might necessarily not be the CEO who doesn't like to be out in the public eye, but you are really busy. Now you're fundraising. Now you're you know trying to grow the company and you don't really have time to be at every conference, stuck in airports, mm -hmm. You know, that is not uh, that's not yeah. beneficial for the company. Yeah. So depending on the stage, the evangelist should always be a part, but it might look a little bit differently. Absolutely. Stuck in airports is where I was this week. Yes. yes. So. Poor thing. That is <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. But it yeah. happens. It happens. Yeah. Sometimes planes have too many bags on them and yeah. you can't fly them. Yeah. That's something I'm military equipment. Yeah. It's just too heavy. <laughs> Okay, so one of the big things in the industry that I know you are a huge proponent of is the expanded way that advisors can market under the what we are all calling the new SEC marketing rule, mm -hmm. which I feel like is going to have to have a rebrand at yeah. some point on how we call uh, what we call can you it. Help them? Can can Three Crowns help I, them? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. At some point, it won't be the new rule anymore. Right. So anyway. It's just life now. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that Let's Advisors do is collect and use client testimonials, which mm -hmm. is a big deal in my opinion. I, I love the fact that we can do this because it's such an important credibility factor. It's an important trust factor. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that type of social proof marketing is one of the most effective things you can do. Mm -hmm. And it's super important for a service business. 
Um, so how are, are you seeing advisors effectively incorporate testimonials? And I think too, what wealth tech tools and solutions are available to help them do that, which I think is maybe even bigger part of that question. Yeah. So for the advisor, you have all the le- regulation today to be able to go and collect client testimonials and put them on your website in a compliant way. But mm-hmm. actually doing that, there's a lot of steps involved. And so it's one of those yeah. things where eh, I don't know all the nuances. There's too many steps. And I'm just going to put this aside for now. Mm-hmm. Our compliance team is still trying to decide what our policy is, what our procedures are, because yeah. it's, it's truly a procedure. And there's, again, a lot of nuances. So I always turn to tech to mm-hmm. be able to help solve some of those problems and pain points and streamline everything. Sure. So, for example, I've partnered with Wealth Tender, And the cool thing about Wealth Tender is once you collect a testimonial, even if it's first you know, collected on Google, then it's all brought in. You go through a certification process at step one, two, three, mm-hmm. and you tell the system, is this a client? Is this person being compensated? Right. There's like about three different disclosures that they need. Yeah. The system's going to generate all of that for you with the right compliant language. And then, bam, you have your compliant review, mm-hmm. which you could take with an embed widget and put it right on your website. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's really just helping advisors operationalize the process. But as it stands today, we do have advisors who are doing it on their own freely outside of Wealth Tender, and they're doing yeah. a great job. Sure. Whether it's through video or through written testimonials, which, you know, mm-hmm. both are very powerful. One would argue that written is going to help with the SEO side, um, which oh, is that's super a great important. point. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And um, so they're they're doing it compliantly, but they have help. Yeah. They've got teams, they've yeah. got marketers, they've got operation people, and together they're handling all that on the back end. Mm-hmm. So if you have the bandwidth, wonderful. But, you know, if you need just support, again, mm-hmm. streamlining, it's another one of those things in the marketing stack, then yeah. I I always say, turn to tools that are already doing it and they make it easy like Welltender. Yeah, I think it's so critical, that compliance piece of it, because that's a mm-hmm. scary piece for mm-hmm. everybody. Exactly. Like they just are, I don't want to say um, scared to do it, but very cautious to do it. Yep. And so solving that, streamlining that, that's a that's a big win for a firm who wants to get into this. And for compliance officers. They love it. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Compliance officers, life's so much easier. Yep. Um, you mentioned SEO. Let's talk about SEO for a minute, because you you spoke about SEO at the Jolt conference. Yeah. Uh just this May in Las Vegas. Three weeks and ago. And so yeah. Um for SEO in twenty twenty three. What are your top tips for what companies need to be thinking about when they're publishing content to their site? Experience. In my opinion, creating a great user experience is really important for SEO. So yes, there are keywords. Yes, there are things that you should be saying. And there's search uh, keywords that you really should know and have involved in your content so that you can be found. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really not enough to just focus on that. I would say for this year, some top tips are, again, experience. Think about your content. If you've got a blog that you're working on mm-hmm. and you're probably putting a lot of time and effort into a blog. Yeah. Well, is it just written content? Is there a video on the blog? Is there an mm-hmm. imagery? Google mm-hmm. is really looking for the experience of it all. And I know that you know about this, Johnny, and you've written about it as well. Yeah. But it's not just enough to have expertise. It's not enough to have domain authority. Like, mm-hmm. you need the 
different type of content to serve different people. Mm -hmm. uh, I really love Taylor Schulte's podcast on experiments and advisor marketing. Great podcast. On There was an episode on SEO and web mm -hmm. accessibility. Yeah. And that was something that, you know, before I listened to it, I totally neglected, even on my mm -hmm. own website. Mm -hmm. And since listening, I've realized, wow, there is power in making sure content is accessible for everyone, not just because that's important as a human. Yes. Um, you know, there's blind and deaf people mm -hmm. that want to consume content, but also uh, for the algorithms on Google, it yeah. makes a huge difference. Oh, it's a massive difference. Yeah. Google is really prioritizing that accessibility. Yep. Um, and it, it shows up in ways you wouldn't expect if mm -hmm. you don't know what to be looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think advisors might know that you're supposed to have, like, alt text on your images so that someone who's, right. like, blind is using a screen reader can know what image you have there because right. um, it'll read it out to them. But they might not know that you even have to be aware of, like, your color combinations because mm. you have to... If someone needs to use like a high contrast screen, mm -hmm. like you need to design even the colors that you use so that it's it's legible and viewable. Like if you would invert colors and go to high contrast, there's so many, so many things to be aware of. And I think advisors actually are required to have ADA compliant sites. So. Yeah, they are. I don't know how many are probably, following up. Probably with that. not a ton. Uh, I mean, not. it's kind of one of those things that very much would fly under the radar unless you had someone specifically yep uh come at you for for not having it but but you need to have it i'm glad you brought up color i have a funny story when i was working on my website with my developer i wanted it to be really flashy it's you know evangelist mm -hmm. i want the yeah. lights and the just <laughs> all the stage lights and she 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 said okay well i'll let you pick out the mm -hmm. the the video that you want playing and i found these stage lights this video of these stage lights and you go to my website and it's like, even if you don't have a disability, it was way too much. It was so flashy. Was and she like said strobe that. lights? It was like that, a yeah. strobe light website. And she yeah. said, she says, this is not okay for accessibility. Yeah. And th it's again, that's designer. just one of the, yeah, yeah. exactly. It, your website designer should be focusing on that. And that was one of those moments, the aha moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is not, no, mm -hmm. this is not accessible. Yeah. And it could also hurt me later because guess what happens? People leave the page. Mm -hmm. And when people leave the page faster, you're they're telling Google there's not a good experience on this page. Yeah. So it's just it's more than just being inclusive. It's mm -hmm. also being SEO smart. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a great insight. So that goes beyond like the normal thing you would hear. Yeah. So totally. Yeah, I that's agree. really good. Okay. So last question for you. We are at Wealth Management Edge. So this question is going to tie into the name edge. Mm -hmm. Uh what do wealth tech firms need to be doing? to get an edge in 2023. Mm -hmm. The puns are everywhere here. <laughs> I love it. Okay, my take on this. Uh, there's a lot of commoditization that's happened in the industry, the technology space. There's, you know, the categories are booming. You look at the mm -hmm. Kitsy's FinTech map and you can see every category has multiplied yeah. since, you know, the last few years, over the last few years. Yeah. So you've got to make sure you've got some strong positioning. Mm. And I mean... Not just, here's what we do, but really, here's how we're different. Yeah. So I've almost, you know, e even with my own booth pitching, I'm here mm -hmm. working with Wealth Tender. We're at the booth. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't have someone coming up. I'm not saying, hey, here we're an online find an advisor directory and you can do this and you can do that. I'm immediately going into we're a directory that's different from the rest because we've built the best domain authority in the space. When mm-hmm. you get on the platform, you get on Google's first page in two weeks. So they're already thinking, oh, OK, so now I know if I go to the other people, they're not they don't have that leg up. Now, of course, you have to be honest, right? Be honest yeah, with your claims of and your statements. You can't just make stuff up. <laughs> no, you cannot make stuff up. But figure out that that what special sauce, that what makes yeah. you different. Lead your pitches. Lead your demos right with that. In the first minute, mm-hmm. your salespeople should be telling advisors how you're different. So yes. very much the differentiation, vocalization of it all. Make sure it's fun. Make sure you've got yeah. energetic people on the front lines. Yeah. Even if you don't have an evangelist, you've got to have some energetic sales and marketing people on the front lines. You absolutely do. I think that makes me think of um, something that like our friend Kelly Waltrick says mm-hmm. from Intentionally. She mm-hmm. says a lot like your product has to be the differentiator for your marketing and your sales be able to talk about it. So I think yeah. that that's an important thing for Waltrick. Like take a step back, like really dig into what you've built and where those uh points of differentiation are Mm -hmm. and then just pull that out and be super specific about it exactly that's where you're gonna win right exactly that's it getting creative being different being unique Mm -hmm. and really owning that yeah making sure everybody else knows it awesome there we go that's what we're gonna leave this on diana thank you for being here appreciate you you, john